0: love you guys. This is fun. God is good. Amen. Amen. Come on. I said God is good. amen? Amen. You all have a great time at Thanksgiving. Anybody eat like a ton of food? Like I had multiple Thanksgiving. Anybody have multiple Thanksgiving, like meals, dinners, anything like that? Um, man, I, I love Thanksgiving because it's a time to be thankful for all the great things God has done. I, I'm going to like coin myself as like the, uh, the gratitude like master here at CLC, okay? Because I've preached on gratitude and Thanksgiving like four or five times from the main stage. So uh, we get another word from God today on gratitude and it is good to be grateful for all the things God's given us. You know, um, being the high school pastor, I get to work with some of the most amazing students on the planet. See, we have some amazing students that attend this church and you know, this last Sunday we had a Friendsgiving in in student life on Sunday night during our high school service and we had 140 people at our Friendsgiving service just hanging out, students worshiping, eating, building relationships. If you're not a part or connected with student life and you're a student, I'd encourage you to get involved with it. God's doing some amazing things in and through our student ministry. He's doing some big things. But today I'm going to talk to you about gratitude. I'm going to talk to you about four perspectives on gratitude. That's the title today, is Perspectives of Gratitude. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, I get to eat food. I feel like I look thinner today than I did before Thanksgiving. Um, it is just so good. It, gratitude's about your Attitude, it's about your mindset, your mind change. And today we're going to look at the perspectives of gratitude. Um, Because I believe, you know, we've often say the statement like their perspective, their reality is their perspective. But sometimes that perspective that somebody has is miscued. It's not true. And today we're going to look at the perspectives of four different people um, and see how they can be grateful, how we can be grateful and have some takeaways from that. We're going to look at the perspective of being thankful for God's provision, being thankful for his presence, being thankful for the purpose, but being thankful for the promise. And I want these perspectives to challenge and possibly alter and change your perspective on your life and how you can be grateful in all things. I love what Psalms 9, 1 and 2 says. It says, I will give thanks. Say, give thanks. I love that. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of the wonderful deeds. You know, sometimes we just need to look back on where we've been and where we are. And we just need to say, thank you, God, for all the wonderful things you've done in my life. He goes on to say, I will be glad and in you. I will sing praise to your name. You know, I think sometimes we get too familiar with God that we often forget to thank him and be grateful for him. Today, our first point is being thankful for the provision, being thankful for the provision that he is a provider. And the person we're gonna look at today is the life of Moses or the life of the Israelites. And you know, Moses was an amazing man of God. He was raised up to help deliver God's, God's people, the Israelites from Egyptian bondage in, in slavery into freedom and into their destiny and into their purpose. And Moses did just that. He was able to rescue the Israelites to free them, bring them out of Egyptian bondage and slavery, which they were slaves for 400 years. And in one moment, when God split the Red Sea, they went from being slaves to being saved. You know what I'm saying? They went from being in bondage to being set free by the Most High God. I think that, I don't know about you, but I've been rescued. I've been saved from some things. God has provided me and set me free today. And after God set them free from the Egyptian army and being in bondage for 400 years, uh, God took them through the wilderness And the reason he took them through the wilderness was because he wanted to get Egypt out of them and he wanted to show his people that I'm a provider, that I can provide for you for everything, that I can be your source and your supply. Uh, Matter of fact, when they were in the wilderness, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert for 40 years, they wandered in the desert. God provided for them. He caused like Panera bread to just fall from the sky in the form of manna. And they just got to eat all the bread they wanted to eat. And when they ate enough bread, you know what they did? They actually got upset because they were like, we're just eating bread all the time, all this manna. We want some meat. Anybody wants some meat? Anybody wants some turkey, some ham? honey glazed ham. Anybody in this room? I think we need to wake up today. Are y'all upset because Ohio State lost yesterday? Like, I just feel it. Pastor Josh threw some shade last week, let me tell you. But at the end of the day, an SEC team's going to win anyways. Like, that's what always happens. Sorry, I'm from Arkansas. We are terrible, but we got some teams in the SEC that are good. Anyways, like, they wanted meat, and then God provided quail to fall from the sky, and then they got upset because the quail stunk, and it smelled funky, and it smelled weird, and when they got thirsty, they were like, God, we're gonna die, and, and God caused water to, like, flow from a rock and, like feed it, uh, get, get water to everybody. And then they complained about the way the water tasted because they were upset that even though God was providing for them, it wasn't the way they wanted it. Um, he was their cloud by day. He was their fire by night. What's that means? He led them through the wilderness. He put a cloud over them to protect them and to show them the direction they needed to go. And he even showed them the way when, they were, when it was nighttime. And for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness, uh, their clothes never wore out. Now that is biblical grounds for going shopping and getting some new shoes, some good clothes to wear. And I love what Moses says in Deuteronomy 8. It's a it's a it's a recount of what Moses says. He says when we go into the promised land the place that God has promised us, the nation of Israel. When we go into that promised land, we don't need to forget where we've been at in life. And I think sometimes we can forget all of the great things God's done in our lives. Deuteronomy 8, 10 says this, Moses says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, when you're in the promised land, when you get to the place that I'm telling you you're gonna go, when you have eaten and you are satisfied, Moses says, praise the Lord your God for thee. Say for thee. He says, for the good land he's given you. Thank him for the provision. Come on, church. We have so many reasons to be grateful and thankful today. Uh, Thank you. We just need to pause and think about all the reasons we can be thankful. This is what we teach kids. At the most basic level, we say, thank you. Thank mommy for the food, right? Thank dad for providing for us. Thank your teacher for teaching you. This is what we do. It's the most basic level of gratitude is saying, thank you for thee. And that's something we should do to God. Thank you for thee. It's good manners because if you're not thankful for what you've got, how can you be thankful for what you're going to get? So just pause and thank God. For me, I'm like, I thank you God for the hot running water that comes out of my sink like magic whenever I turn it on. Thank you for the light switch. When I turn it on and off, it just comes on and off and on and on. We take these things for granted in our lives. Thank you, God, for the people in my life who haven't given up on me. Thank you that we're in a heated building today. And I get to sit in padded pews today and listen to somebody preach the word of God because we live in a free country where we're not going to be persecuted. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. I may not know you but I'm thankful for you. Yeah, thank them. Listen, come on, take 20 seconds and share with your neighbor because hear me, hear me, hear me. Gratitude without practice is a little bit like faith without works. So practice gratitude. Turn around and tell somebody something you're thankful for. Look at somebody say, "I'm thankful for XYZ." I'm th- I don't hear you say, "I'm thankful for the finances. I'm thankful for the money to pay the mortgage, right?" I'm thankful for my coffee this morning. Anybody like coffee? Come on, thank you for the coffee this morning. Thank you for Jim's Donuts. God, thank you. Somebody this morning made, I, they made me, I, I see, I was walking into the service, they said, there's some biscuits and gravy in the back. And I'm like, come on, somebody, thank you for the biscuits and gravy. You're talking to a Southern boy, right? Come on, church, this is what Thanksgiving is all about. Thank you, right? Amen? It's what it's all about. I thank God for the incredible church that we have, that we are so blessed here at Christian Life Center. We are blessed to be a blessing to other people, right? Perhaps happiness isn't about an accumulation of things as much as it is about an appreciation of things. You see, this world doesn't market appreciation on you. Like I get done eating my Thanksgiving meal where my family came up from Arkansas to do Thanksgiving with us this week. I get done eating Thanksgiving, being grateful for all the things that God's given me in my life. And I get on social media and on the Internet and I am bombarded with all these Black Friday ads of things I didn't know I needed, but I now want in my life. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Because this world says, hey, right after Thanksgiving... We're just gonna make them get all the things they don't really need, right? So my family and I, we go to the store on Friday to get some stuff, and I forgot it was Black Friday, okay? So I'm walking through the store, I'm like, why is there so many people up in here? I'm just coming to get some, like, I'm just coming to get some things I need. And then I start seeing all these things I didn't know I needed. Like, I saw this thing, and I'm like, I didn't know I needed that, but it's only $3. I need that one. I need, there's like four different flavors of this. I need all of them. I'm walking by and there was this thing that was like $10, it said marked down like 80%. I'm like, I don't even need it, but I want it. I'm filling my cart with stuff, right? Because, because we're dissatisfied sometimes with what's happening in our life. Per- perpetual dissatisfaction is this. It's the persistent whisper in the back of your mind that's telling you that not, not everything in your life is quite right. And chronic dissatisfaction is this, is when we become so preoccupied over what we want that we abuse what we have. We, we do, we want more and more and more and more and more in our life. What we have is never enough. We want that new outfit, these brand new shoes, right? We want more stuff, we want a new iPhone, we want a new car, or we want a new boat, or we just want a boat. Anybody want a boat? I want a boat. I don't even know why I want a boat, but I want one. We want a house. We want more money. Um, We want, like, single people are like, hey, I want a spouse. And our spouses are like, I wish I was single sometimes. Like this morning I'm getting ready and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, got this gray hair and I'm like, I'm a youth pastor. I'm not supposed to have gray hairs anymore. I'm trying to pluck them out of my head. And Paige goes, at least you have hair on your head. I'm thinking, amen, at least I got hair on my head, right? You know what I'm saying? Be thankful for what we have in our life. But listen, we want more and more and more. We want a different job, but who's to say if you get the new job that you're gonna be happy? We want more and more and we treat God the same way. We often focus on what we don't have. So quit complaining about the pieces you don't have in your life and start praising God for the pieces that he has given you because he's a masterpiece. And if you're thankful for what you've got, you will always have enough. But if we concentrate on what we don't have, we will never have enough. Hear me, church. God never stopped being good. We just quit being grateful. You see, gratitude turns what we have into enough. It turns what we have into enough. Gratitude says, I choose to value what I have over what I want. And when you begin to take note of what you have, you begin to lack or you begin to lose sight of what you don't have, of the things you lack. And maybe, just maybe today, what you need in your life isn't the next level of accumulation or the next level of achievement or the next level of accomplishment that'll make you happy. But what maybe what you need is the next level of appreciation that'll help set the stage so you can handle the accumulation that God wants to give you in the future. Here's the truth, church. If you grow in gifts, but you don't grow in gratitude, what have you gained? If God gives it to you, but you don't know how to handle it, what's the point? if it doesn't make you happy. And Moses knew this for the Israelites. If God gives us the promised land, but we don't know how to handle the provision, is it really gonna make us happy? Because Moses seen time after time how the Israelites complained when God provided for them. And I think we do, I know no one does that here in this place, right? The Israelites, they complained about everything. I shared it with you earlier. They complained so much so that they asked God to send them back to the very place that God rescued them from. They asked to go back into slavery, into bondage. They were walking in the freedom and the destiny and the purpose of God, but they were asking to go back to the place they had rescued them from, the place God had set them free from because they were entitled, walking around in the freedom and the grace of God, complaining, because their entitlement outweighed their gratitude. You see, they were living in that entitlement and it, their entitlement blinded them so much so to the blessings, the blesser, that they could no longer see what was happening in their life as a blessing. You see, I believe gratitude ends begins where entitlement ends. Gratitude begins where entitlement ends. Gratitude opens the heart. Entitlement closes the heart. And Moses knew if we can't be faithful for the provision There's no way we can be faithful for the promise because if we're faithful with little, God's going to give us much. And that's exactly what Moses knew for the Israelites. Even in Deuteronomy 26, Moses talks about the very first Thanksgiving, being thankful first fruits offering, giving that back to God, which leads us into our next thing. If you don't have the provision, you can always be thankful for his presence which leads us into a case study on David. David was a man after God's own heart. Uh, A guy in the, the, the Old Testament who was a man after God's own heart. He loved the presence of God, loved the presence of the Lord so much so that he praised God when he was a shepherd boy and a pastor. He praised God even when he was on the run because the king wanted to assassinate him. You see, the King Saul wanted to assassinate this boy named David because David was anointed to be king. He was anointed to be king and Saul saw David as a threat to his kingdom. So Saul says, hey, I wanna assassinate who who this next king could be because I don't like it. I don't like him. And maybe you're going through a season in your life where you're thinking, God's abandoned me. God's left me. You see, Saul saw David as a threat to his kingdom. You know what? The enemy, when he comes against you, It's because he sees you as a threat to his kingdom and he wants to do whatever he can to take you out. The enemy wants to take each and every one of you out. He wants to take you out because you're a threat to his kingdom. But David, oh, David said, you know what? When I don't have the provision, when it feels like the world's against me, I'm going to find refuge in his presence. David knew how to be thankful for the provision. Multiple times, David thanked God. He thanked God for his family, for the anointing, for the supply, for the needs, for the victory, for the crown, for the provision, and for his presence. David said, as in Psalm 34, he says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. Man, it's hard to praise the Lord when things are going difficult, when you're trying to be assassinated. You see, Psalms 34 David wrote that Psalms when he was actually in a cave, hiding from Saul, the one who was trying to assassinate him. Picture this, David is hiding in a cave. He stumbles in this place and he begins to write this song. And David writes a a couple of songs here in this cave. And let me read you some excerpts that David wrote while he was in a cave. He wrote this, he cries out to God. He says, God, I need your help. He begs God for mercy. He tells God, I'm surrounded by fierce lines. My enemies have set traps out for me, right? My enemy is coming against me. I'm stuck here. David says, I'm overwhelmed. I'm very low. Anybody ever felt anxious? Anybody ever felt very alone? Anyone ever felt uh, uh, like worried or overwhelmed in your life? This is what David says. He says, my enemy is too strong. I look for help. There's no one around to help me. David's all alone. He says, no one cares what's gonna happen to me, right? But then he says this, but God. I love it. He says, but God, you are my refuge. You're all I really want, and my heart is confident in you. David goes on to say, so I'm going to praise you. Matter of fact, David says, I'm going to thank you. He thanks God in the cave for his presence. He said, I'm going to sing your praise loud among the nations. I'm thinking, David, you're in a cave, but you're telling God you're going to sing his praise loud among the nations. Why? Because David knew. God gave me a promise that I'm going to be king one day and I'm going to praise him in a cave and I'm going to praise him in the palace. And we have to do the same thing too. Now, it's easy to praise God for the provision. It's easy to praise God when things are going good. But what about in the cave? What about when life is lonely? What about when life is dark? Listen, today, I'm not sure how dark your cave is. I'm not sure what you're going through in your life. I don't know what problems or situations you're going through, but one thing I know is the presence of God wants to be with you in the middle of your situation in whatever season you're going through. For for me, 2020 was the most difficult year of my life, not because of COVID, COVID just added on top of it. 2020 was the year that my hero passed away. My dad was here one day. I was talking to him on the phone one day and the next day he passed away suddenly of a massive brain aneurysm, a massive stroke. He was here one day, gone the next. I'll never forget the phone call I got from my sister. It felt like a gut punch. She said, Chris, you need to pack. She said, Chris, you need to pack your suitcase, pack a suit, get home to Arkansas as soon as you can to say goodbye to your dad. He's gonna die any minute now. It was the hardest season of my life. And the first thing that I did when Paige and I got in the car, my wife, when Paige and I got in the car, she said, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to listen to worship music. I just want to be in his presence. That's all I wanted. I wanted to take refuge in his presence because when you're dealt a hard blow, when you go through something difficult, you can always be thankful for his presence. Let's be honest. It's hard to be thankful when you've been overlooked, when you've been forgotten about, when you've been dealt a hard blow, it's hard to be thankful when you feel like you're all alone. I've been there. It's difficult. It's hard. But what kind of Christians are we gonna be this morning? Are we only gonna thank God for the provision? Are we only gonna thank God when things are going good? Are we only gonna thank God when things are going great? Am I only gonna thank God when I can see the evidence of his provision and the miracles that he's provided for me? Or am I going to thank God in the presence of my insecurities? Can I thank God in the presence of my addictions or in the presence of my confusion or in the presence of what I've lost or in the presence of the threat that I won't make it to where I wanna be at in life? Will you be grateful then? Because living a life of gratitude doesn't only happen when life is going great, doesn't only happen in the provision, doesn't only happen in the abundance or in the miracles or, or when the finances are coming in, but what happens when, how do you respond when you've been rejected? How do you respond when you've been broke? How do you respond when you've been abused or overlooked or abandoned? How do you respond then? Because how we respond in adversity greatly affects the trajectory, trajectory of our life. David Thanked God in adversity for the presence of God. But I love how David, when he became king, the very first thing David did was he wanted to move the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's presence, the God box into the tabernacle because he said, I can't be king without his presence. I can't do anything in my life without the presence of God. And the same is true for each and every one of us. We can't do anything without God's presence. And and David knew God was with me when I was going through my darkest moments. And I want him with me in my brightest moments. And the same has to be true for us. David, even on his deathbed, the very last song that's recorded to David, when he writes this song, he, he gives thanks in the song. He says this. He said, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. David knew how to be thankful for the provision. He knew thankful how to be thankful for the presence. But I want to talk about being thankful for the purpose. And we're going to look at the life of Paul. Paul, an amazing man of God, knew how to be thankful for the provision. Paul was actually raised up under uh, one of the greatest scholars at the time in the world to study under him and to learn under him. Saul's name used to be Paul, and if you don't know who Paul is, he wrote two thirds of our New Testament. An amazing man of God, but but Paul knew how to be thankful for the provision. Paul had it all, but there was a time when when Paul, when he was Saul, he was murdering and persecuting Christians because he didn't believe in the Jesus that everybody was talking about. And Saul was on his way to Damascus to persecute more Christians. And Saul has an encounter with Jesus that changes his life. I don't know how many of you have ever had an encounter with Jesus, but one thing I know is when you have an encounter with Jesus, you are never the same again, and for Saul, He had that encounter with Jesus that changed his life so much so that he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And he said, you know what? I just wanna reach everyone I can for Jesus Christ. I wanna tell everyone that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. So, So he sets out. He begins to write letters to churches. He goes on voyages, travels over multiple mountain ranges to preach the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He tells everybody about Jesus. It was amazing. It was awesome. But guess what? It wasn't always awesome. It wasn't always amazing because Paul also knew how to thank God, not just when it was going good, but he knew how to thank God when he was eating prison food because you don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. And Ephesians uh, 5.20 says this, it says, give thanks. Paul wrote this. He says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was thankful in all seasons of his life. Even when he was in jail multiple times for telling people about Jesus, there was a season where Paul uh, was shipwrecked and then found himself on a, like an island in the middle of nowhere. And then he got bitten by a snake and multiple times he was uh, stoned half to death. But Paul says in first Thessalonians, he says, give thanks in everything. How can Paul say give thanks in everything? Another way to put this is even when things go wrong, give thanks Because Paul knew this, he knew God was producing things on the inside of him and in prison. uh, He knew, he knew God is producing things in my life in prison that normal easy situations couldn't produce. There's a purpose that God was working on the inside and out and through Paul for good. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn that thing around for good. And the same is true for you and me. God was producing a purpose on the inside of Paul the entire time. So just appreciate every season of life you're in and know God is producing something on the inside of you. And I've found in tough situations, when I feel like I'm overlooked, when I feel like I'm going through it, in tough situations, when I don't see God changing the situation or I don't see God changing the circumstance, usually that's a season and a circumstance when God wants to change me. What purpose does God wanna produce in you in the season of your life? And we r- rarely realize the purpose when you're going through it. Which leads us to our final point, as if we can be thankful for, for the provision and the presence and for the purpose, but we can also be thankful for the promise. Today, I wanna to look at the life of Jesus for a few minutes because we all have the promise of what Jesus Christ has given us. Jesus, man, was amazing. Like I mean, we love Jesus, right? Anybody love Jesus this morning? I mean, I love love me some Jesus. And Jesus was thankful multiple times. I, I accounted this week all of the times Jesus gave thanks. And one of the times Jesus gave thanks is he gave thanks when he was feeding a multitude of people. All these people wanted to hear Jesus, to see the miracles, to see the provision. And they all come to Jesus, right? And um, he's like, man, I got to feed these people, right? We like food. Thanksgiving, right? He's like, I got to feed these people, okay? So he takes some bread. He takes some fish. And he has the provision in his hand. And he begins to multiply it. But before he does that, he pauses and he gives thanks. He thanked his heavenly father for the provision of what he was about to give these people. When we look at the the, story of even Lazarus, uh, Jesus was there, he just had been dealt a really hard blow. Felt like he was in a really low and lonely spot. When Lazarus died, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And though Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man. He felt the emotions of what it felt like to actually lose somebody to lose a dad, to lose a loved one. One thing I know about Thanksgiving is, is it can bring out a lot of good emotions, but it can also bring out a lot of sad emotions because we think about the people we've lost along the way. I know I do, but I'm grateful that I had an incredible dad, right? I'm grateful for the dad I got to have, but I'm upset because I miss him. Jesus, when he lost Lazarus, he, he cried. He was upset, he wept. The son of God wept. It's okay to feel those emotions. But just before he raised Lazarus back from the dead, he paused and he said, I thank you. He thanked his heavenly father. Why? Because his heavenly father's presence was with him, even though he had just lost a loved one. And yes, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, but he felt those emotions. And when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples during the last supper, he took the bread and he took the cup. We, we did it earlier, communion, right? He paused and he gave thanks for the bread. He gave thanks for the cup. He knew the pain he was about to suffer and go through, but he was thankful for the purpose. Do you get that? He was thankful for the purpose. He knew he was gonna hang on a cross and glorify a merciful God. He knew the punishment that was gonna be brought up on his life, but he knew while on the cross that God the Father is producing something in and through me that's going to provide life for every single person, that this pain is producing something inside of me, a purpose in me, and I want to be thankful for the cup, thankful for the body, thankful for the blows, thankful for the cross. He paused and gave thanks before he died on a cross. I'm grateful, forever grateful that Jesus died on a cross. It's an amazing thing. But he didn't just stay there. You see, Jesus didn't just come to make uh, bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. That was the promise that he came was to give us life and to give us life abundant. And yes, he hung on a cross and yes, he died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead long because he wanted to fulfill. He wanted to fulfill what happened all the way back in Genesis when God said, I will bruise the serpent's head. Jesus was the one who was gonna bruise the serpent's head. And though he died, he was not dead very long. I love it. John 14, six says this, this is the promise. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come through the Father except through me. Romans 6, 8, 11 says, Since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. This is good stuff. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he gives glory to God. So you should also consider your. Yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive in Jesus Christ. This is the promise. Uh, Corinthians says this. Yeah, Corinthians says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. It's a promise. He says in, in John 11, 25, he said to her just before he raised Lazarus back from the dead, he said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. You want life? Find Jesus, Matthew 28, 5. The angel spoke to the woman as she went there to take spices to the tomb of Jesus after he fulfilled his purpose and died on a cross. She went there to bring spices and the angel said to her, she said, don't be afraid. The angel says, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Why? Because he is alive. It's a promise that he's given you and me. First Corinthians says this. It says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Uh, It goes on to say, when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death is your victory? where O oh death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God thank God somebody thanks be to God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ Romans eight thirty four says Jesus Christ who died more than that was raised to life and is at the right hand of God interceding for each and every one of us it's a promise today when you pray it doesn't go on deaf ears because we have a God who hears us a God who feels us a God who sees us and a God who is interceding for each and every one of us. And I love what Jesus says in Revelation one. He says, don't be afraid. I am the first, I am the last. I am the living one, I died. But look now, I am alive forever. And because he is alive, it gives us hope that we will raise again and be in life with him forever in eternity, it's a promise that God has given us, it's that blessed hope. Here's what I want you to do for a second. I want you to look back on where you've been at in your life, that dark season. Maybe you're in that dark season now. Be thankful for his presence, but look back at where you've been and look at where he's brought you because today we can be thankful. For the promise of life. Amen. We can be thankful for the promise of life that He's given us. We can be thankful for the purpose that He's producing in every season of life, even the most difficult ones. We can always be thankful for His presence. And we can also be thankful for the provision. You see, our worship team is gonna lead us into a song that we do in high school called Death to Life. And I want you to reflect on what God has done in your life. And I want us to give God our greatest worship and praise this morning and show him our gratitude that he has given each and every one of us brand new life. Thank you, CLC.
1: can I begin to thank you for all that you've done for me. Jesus, to fully praise you, it will take all eternity, just like Lazarus.
0: grateful God has brought you back to life, that he's brought you through some stuff. Well, 1045, we have, CLC, we have something special for you this morning. I have some students that are going to share a one-line testimony of what God has done in their heart and their life, and I want you to take a reflection of what God's done in your life as well. We have Mr. Elias here. I was condemned, and Jesus said, I loved you at your darkest. Come on. I was
1: hurting, but God brought me comfort and peace. I was bound, but God freed me.
0: That's good. I felt forsaken, but he is my father.
1: During the dark times, God was my flashlight into the light. I was alone in the darkness, but then God shared his light.
0: I was dead to an identity crisis, but God showed me my identity in him. That's good.
1: I thought my story was over, but it had just begun. I was trapped, but Jesus is a chain breaker. I was in the dark for a long time, but Jesus brought me into the light. I was empty and broken, but Jesus filled me up and brought me back to life.
2: I was alone, but God gave me a family.
1: I felt like I had no one, but Jesus stayed by my side.
0: I was weak and powerless, but God gave me strength. I was abandoned, but Jesus found me. Are you thankful for what God's done in your life? I don't know about you, but for me, I was dead in my sins. I was lost, but He brought me back to life. Come on, the enemy thought He had me, but Jesus said, I am His. Let's worship!
1: Thought he had me, but Jesus said, You are mine. The enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, You are mine. The enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, You are mine. Yes, he did. The enemy thought.
0: Many reasons to be grateful, so many reasons to be thankful. Remember, church, thank Him for the provision. God's given us so much. Look at this church, look at this place. Thank Him for His presence. Even in the most difficult seasons of life, we can be thankful. And thank Him for the purpose that He's producing in you. There's power in the pain, there's power in your pain. And we can always be thankful for the promise, that hope of life that He's given each and every one of us, that He's brought us all back to life, that there is eternity for us in heaven, a reward we get to spend with Jesus forever. Well, church family, I want to say thank you so much for being here this morning. We serve a good Father. We serve a good God. It's so great being a part of a church like this that is changing the world. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Don't forget about First Wednesday. It's going to be an amazing time in God's presence. We look forward to seeing you all back here next weekend. Have a great weekend, COC. Thank you so much.